Being a Better Man, episode 191. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. One day, I talked my dad into raising ostrich, actually starting an ostrich farm as a means of earning money through the sale of meat, hides, feathers, and various other byproducts. Thanks to my brilliant presentation and delivery, my father agreed. We started the Herigstead Ostrich Ranch in 1994. I was around 32 years old at the time. This story isn't so much about the ostrich farm adventures we had, but rather it is about an isolated incident, the story of a singular drama that played out in and around everything else that was going on. When we got started, we purchased three gigantic eggs at the ridiculous price of $300 each. This was the height of the ostrich craze, and everything cost a lot. We had acquired an incubator designed for hatching these types of eggs, and we started incubating them. We had only dealt with traditional forms of livestock before, so we were learning everything by trial and error. Ostrich eggs require a precise amount of humidity to develop correctly. Humidity like you might find in the African deserts. Living in Washington State, humidity was our biggest challenge. It takes 42 days to incubate an ostrich egg. At the end of this period, it was clear that two of the eggs had died at some stage of incubation, but one was still alive. Eventually, this egg hatched, but because of our poor attempt at regulating the humidity, it hatched with a problem. It had not completed the process of internalizing the yolk sac. Normally, the yellow part of the egg, the yolk, where all the nutrition for the baby comes from, is internalized prior to hatching, and the baby lives off of it for a few days after it is hatched. Sadly, our baby hatched with its yolk sac on the outside of its body. Otherwise, though, it seemed healthy. We thought there might be a chance of it surviving if it could live for a few days. I felt really sorry for this baby chick, not just because of its yolk sac problem, which was bad enough, but also because it was all alone. I have found that animals don't do that well when they're all by themselves. The presence of another creature around them seems to encourage an animal to eat and live and be vital. So the next day I got an idea. I would find this baby ostrich a friend. I went to the feed store and bought a baby turkey. Though much smaller than the ostrich chick, its baby plumage was almost identical in color and I thought they could be good friends. When I got the turkey home, another thought occurred to me. 
It had come out of a brood box with dozens of other baby turkeys, and they were all walking around on their own poop. We were worried about the baby ostrich getting some kind of infection with its abdomen open the way it was. And I thought if I put that dirty turkey in there, that it might kill the ostrich with whatever filth was still clinging to it. I decided that I needed to sterilize the baby turkey. I was in kind of a hurry to unite the ostrich with his new friend, so I may not have been thinking that clearly. In fact, I know I wasn't thinking very clearly based on the plan I came up with. It's embarrassing and stupid, but in my haste I actually started using bleach on the little guy before I realized what I was doing and stopped. I got him all dried off and then set him down to observe if I had done any irreparable damage. At first, he seemed fine. He was walking around pecking at things like a baby turkey will do, and then all of a sudden one of his legs straightened out behind him and his whole body trembled like he was having a little convulsion. Then he went back to acting normally again. I kept watching him, and about every two minutes... He would have one of these convulsions. I thought I may have caused him some permanent nerve damage or something, but eventually the convulsions ceased. I had stopped using bleach in the nick of time. I put the ostrich and the turkey together. The ostrich was obviously very happy to have another avian creature to hang out with. It definitely lifted his spirits and made him more vital. However... It wasn't enough. After a couple weeks, the ostrich eventually died. His insides were just not developed enough to live. We decided to start over with the ostrich, buy some live animals, and get a dehumidifier for future incubation. But in the meantime, now we had a turkey. And the turkey grew fast. All of his feathers came in and it became obvious that he was a male. He was an entertaining addition to the farm. He would follow us around, and no matter what you were doing, the turkey wouldn't be far away. A few months later, he was a full-grown, beautiful bronze turkey, strutting around and doing his lonely courtship rituals all by himself. I felt sorry for him again, because he didn't have any other birds around. However, now we had several adult ostrich out in the field. We had acquired them a couple months earlier, and they were all doing well. I decided to introduce the turkey to the ostrich flock. There was some concern because of the obvious size difference. An adult male ostrich could easily kill a turkey if he wanted to. They kill lions in the wild. We had no idea how they would all get along. Domestic turkeys are not known for their intelligence, but neither are ostrich. I decided to try it in spite of the risk. To my amazement, from the moment we put the turkey out with the ostrich, the turkey took charge immediately. The male ostrich, who weighed 400 pounds, tried to assert himself, but he was no match for the absolute confidence of the turkey. The turkey would fan out his tail and puff up all of his feathers, then he would shake his whole body as he advanced on the male ostrich with his wings held stiffly at his sides as though he was concealing a weapon. The ostrich was overwhelmed by this display of bravado and he would run away. 
From then on, the turkey called the shots in the ostrich field. The turkey always ate first, while the ostrich waited for their turn. If the turkey was walking somewhere, all the ostrich would get out of his way so he didn't have to stop or change course. The turkey was the undisputed king of the ostrich. Eventually, we gave the turkey to some people that had other turkeys. He would be happier that way, and so would the ostrich. But it was remarkable watching all of this play out, watching the diminutive turkey become the ruler on intellect and attitude alone. His confidence was so complete that it was beyond question. I've heard the same thing happens with donkeys and horses, that the smaller male donkey will always take charge of a herd of horses. So how does this relate to our life as men? Obviously, the correlations are clear. We've probably all noticed that men who are the most confident are usually the men in charge, regardless of their physical stature. It isn't just confidence, though. It's also necessary to have the intellectual temperament to wield that confidence effectively. Confidence without intellect and reason results in a bully, while confidence combined with intellect, reason, and compassion results in a leader. The next obvious question is, how does one acquire this confidence? In my opinion, confidence comes from doing things. I know it sounds simple, but confidence comes from doing as many things as possible without worrying about success or failure. Every time you do something, you gain more facility in that thing. Even if you did it horribly, the next time you'll do it better. But in this process of doing things, as many things as you have opportunity to do, something else happens. You begin to know yourself. You become familiar with your strengths and weaknesses, your aptitudes and shortcomings. Once you know yourself better, you are then able to capitalize on your strengths and strengthen your weaknesses. It is in this process of truly knowing yourself that confidence will take root and thrive. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad, signing out.